0: I'm Dr. Barbara Becker Holstein, and I'm back again tonight for a wonderful show that is going to bring to the public a visionary of our own time, our own days, and uh, we're going to meet him live and talk to him. This will be audio, and you will be able to hear it on all the usual audio channels, and right now on Facebook. So right now, for a moment before I actually bring you, um, bring our guests on stage, so to speak, I'll just tell you a little bit that I have been um, eager to start to interview visionaries of our day. The reason why I've become so eager is really twofold. One is we need every visionary we can get, particularly now during the pandemic, because we need people to lift our spirits and get us through this period with hope and dreams being fulfilled and all sorts of good things coming out of it. The second reason is that there are so many visionaries in the world, but very often a visionary doesn't even recognize him or herself. And one of my very most important points of the enchanted self is helping people recognize their special talents and potential and begin to gather themselves to be able to execute their strengths and potential. So as to make the world a better place and to make their lives full and happy and joyful. So that's where I'm coming from. And my visionary guest today is very, very much someone who emulates all this. And I am going to uh, interview and introduce you to Hercules and Victus. And he states very succinctly some of his goals, and I'm just going to read what he wrote to me. I firmly believe that the human spirit is essentially heroic and always seeking ways to express its innate nobility and greatness, and that a life fully lived dedicated to actualizing the highest we can conceive is the noblest expression of human existence. Well, that puts into words my thoughts too, and I know that Hercules has been living these words for many, many years, and you'll hear a little bit as we talk how we know each other right now. Welcome, Hercules.
1: Thank you. I'm really honored to be here and uh, extremely honored to be counted among the number of uh, people you consider visionaries.
0: Well, you got it. You are. I knew that over 20 years ago when I first we first knew each other. So uh, you have you have the star; it is yours. Um, and because I have announced clearly to the world that you are a visionary and you can't back out of this, give us <laughs> give us a brief overview of your career and and some of the projects and high points, just briefly, and then we'll go into more things about okay stuff.
1: and uh, uh basically my my career i guess my professional uh, career and uh, my non-professional career has been uh, a blend of human services education and entertainment um, i was very heavily influenced as a child by uh, greek mythology i'm greek And also uh, at that time, when I was growing up, they had those uh, uh, sword and sandal or pepler movies that used to play uh, on TV and in the theaters. So uh, I was very heavily influenced by those images as well. So I always wanted to do something um, heroic, something to uh, help people. Um, So that was something that stayed in my mind. And I began to look for ways of uh, doing that. So uh, I'm not a violent person, so therefore going around and beating people up like they did in those <laughs> films wasn't uh, an option. Uh, so I found other ways. I found out that by getting involved in uh, nonprofit organizations and community organizations, I could tackle some of the monsters of our time. Uh, and uh, then also by uh, uh, you know being active in as many different things that I felt active about, I could do things uh, for my uh, community. And uh, uh, fairly much my early career was uh, uh, mostly conventional, although I wasn't a conventional person. Uh, and then I became known in my career. So my, my eccentricities or my uniqueness, uh, people were willing to uh, accept that as part of the price they paid for my services. So I was able to be more and more myself and yeah. uh, to introduce elements of me. Uh, in my various iterations uh, in what I was doing and that was a very powerful combination indeed and that's how we uh, met and uh, uh, I look back on those days very fondly. We did so many creative things that helped uh, people uh, both directly and indirectly so that uh, I want to bring those days back again and that's what I'm currently doing.
0: We're going to bring some of them back for sure. Um, I When I first met you, I was uh, in a heavy practice, a big practice as a psychologist, and very involved in just beginning to explore positive psychology and how to help people really reach their potential and allow themselves even the pleasure of acknowledging that they have talents and strengths. And we met, I'll just tell a bit, you can tell a bit, we met in sure. this building uh, on the um, east side of New York that actually yes. has the firefighters, uh, I think, union or something like that. It was uh, a sort of strange little building, but it was fine. And we were making shows uh, for public television and working yes. in a cramped, a cramped little studio. Sometimes we had two cameras. Sometimes only one guy showed up. Sometimes they could find the music. Sometimes they couldn't. Yeah, yes, <laughs> the, I remember. And the man that ran the studio was always in a horrible mood. And we sat there in trepidation afterwards while they <laughs> made, made copies of uh, the the show. Um, yes, would yes. Take copies home and sometimes he would be in a rage. It was just... A very unusual experience, but we uh, enjoyed talking as really uh, a host and hostess kind of thing on a lot of the shows. And I then developed uh, my first courage to have a persona, of course, um, and it was uh, around the, <clears throat> the enchant itself. And what I would do <clears throat> would be have a kind of garden that you would come in uh, you know, and visit me, yes, <laughs> and I would be dolled up in a hat and flowers on the table and uh some goofy jewelry and whatever, and basically waiting in my enchanted garden to have you speak with me or who have other guests at times and uh, I was on your shows at times, and um I love that because it released in me. You helped me really be willing to go out of the box as a traditional psychologist um, because, you know, you go into a career and there's so many standards. How can you break out of the box and still just right. do good ethical work? And for sure, I can't interview you without acknowledging that you had an unusual persona that you used in those days and um can you tell us just a little bit about what you were doing sure. and, and how you, even if you're if you're willing how you dressed for the show and everything it, it was great sure
1: and, and I'll, I'll put that journey in the larger uh, context yeah uh, as i said I'm, I'm greek and i was raised on mythology and uh, um, at the at late teenage years, early 20s, you know, everybody rebels a little bit. They start uh, feeling the the constrictions of their culture and their upbringing, and they start exploring. So um, I knew because of my education in Greek parochial school that the Greeks used to uh, do something called interpretatio, or the Romans called it interpretatio, which is when they visited someplace new, they would find equivalents. Uh, To what they were familiar with. So if they had a strongman hero, let's say like Hercules, uh, they would see Thor, they would see Samson, and they would say, oh, okay, this is the Norse uh, Hercules, this is the Hebrew Hercules. And that's how they began, you know, to understand. And like uh, the, the god of the Old Testament, uh, for instance, he was equated with uh, Kronos or with Zeus, you know, and this way they started to make sense of other uh, people and their ways. So when I started rebelling, I started exploring, you know, looking for Hercules, as it were, in uh, different places. So um, in Norse mythology, it was, of course, uh, Thor. And in heroic fantasy, in, in the fiction, it was the barbarian character. Man. So I, I always, uh, my name, Panayotis, the birth name I was given, doesn't translate into English, but it can translate into Hercules because uh, it means dedicated to the Queen of Heaven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the island from Limnos is the island of the Amazons in the myths. It's also the island ah. where Hephaestus had his forge, and uh, uh, Prometheus stole the fire there, the divine fire, and gave it to humanity. So we had this rich mythology, and Hercules was part of the mythology. He came with the Argonauts to... Uh, Lemnos, And he had been there several times on his own as well, both as a mortal and then later on when he ascended to Olympus. So I had all this rich uh, mythology and I always resonated with uh, Hercules. So um, I I sought out different versions of Hercules and different things and then I would try them out. Why did my ancestors think they were the same thing? So with Thor the Barbarian, which is what uh, I was known as when we met, uh, I combined the Norse version of Hercules with the heroic fantasy version of Hercules and created my own uh, kind of kill two birds with one stone persona and lived that for a while and see what what the ancients found in these, uh, and the moderns found in these figures. and. And that was my exploration. So I dressed up in furs and leather. I walked around with a sword uh, and I had adventures and you were the enchantress. And uh, I recognized that uh, right away. And then we had adventures together and uh, it was a lot of fun.
0: It was great because the most astounding thing about all this, and it's something I think people should try to understand because a lot of people limit themselves because they think they'll look peculiar or So different, they won't have a place in society. You are a very good counselor. I know that from your stories about the the young adults, the kids, the people you've worked with over the years. And I feel I'm a very good psychologist. Yes, you are. Thank you. And, um, you know, having the uh, ability to go a little bit out of the frame you know, like I'm sure with many of the people you worked with, they probably relaxed and had courage because you gave them permission even by dressing differently that, okay, come home to who you really are. And, um, I wonder if there are, you know, you have any stories or memories of working with some, um, some of those kids or young adults and, Maybe you have something
1: to share about that. Sure, I'll, I'll share a couple of stories. One, uh, you know, I also like the modern iterations of the ancient heroes, which are the superheroes. And we could devote hours uh, to talking about that uh, some other time. But uh, I've, my entire, um, I guess, uh, career in working with others has been helping people individually or collectively go on the hero's journey. And uh, it's like uh, there are different versions of the Argonaut adventure, for instance, uh, throughout antiquity and into modern times, and different versions are still being uh, told in comic books and cartoons and, and so forth. So I would take people on journeys from point A to point Z, let's say. Knowing that not everyone will stay for the same journey and that uh, it'll be transformative, but since they're individuals will transform differently. Uh, so, um, I, I, I used to get people that nobody knew what to do with when I was a therapist uh, in New York <laughs> because I was eccentric. They would give me like eccentric problems. So they send me uh, a young man. Uh, I, I believe he was in his early 30s and they said he doesn't talk. He just says his name and yes and no. And Uh they didn't think he was very uh, intelligent. Um, And, uh, you know, they sent him to my program to see if he could work at all, because I was running a a vocational program in the hospital at the time uh, for the Department of Psychiatry. So um, I saw him one day, and he was looking through comic books. And uh, I asked him if he liked, uh, you know, comic books. And he said yes. And you know, I asked him whose favorite characters were, and you know, he said the Hulk and the Thing. And you know, he didn't really elaborate you know, very much beyond just, you know. And uh, so I had an idea uh, back then. Role playing games had been invented, and they were new. And I used to use role-playing games for you know, therapeutic uh, purposes. So I, I decided to create a game and let him be his favorite characters in this uh, game. And it's like a storytelling game, an interacting story. Mm-hmm. And I found that although the person uh, couldn't talk as himself when he was the Hulk or the thing, <laughs> they could talk. So in uh, these games, when he was the Hulk, the Hulk would say Hulk Smash, and then you know say Hulk type of things, and and the thing was had was even more articulate, and the thing would uh, you know talk. So he would talk and try to approximate a, a British, uh, not a British, a Brooklyn accent, uh, like the thing he had. So he was talking. So it was just basically getting uh, getting him to give himself as himself permission to talk, and it took a few months, but after that he was able to communicate and uh, uh, it it was just basically I I began to see how the the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves have a power over us, a great power, uh, you know, that will either help us or hinder us. But uh, I started looking into more how do how do what we say about ourselves and about our lives, how do our stories and the characters that we play in our own stories uh, affect our reality? And I found that we have a lot of power to transform our reality by again assuming. Uh, you know, different versions of ourselves or idealized selves, you know, and and then, you know, trying to uh, explore where they will take us. So that was a very pivotal moment, not only for this uh, individual, but for myself as well, because uh, I'd given myself a permission. Here I gave myself greater permission <laughs> to explore the boundaries of you know my, my archetypal selves that I've been playing in my head with and, and as much as I was able to in my life. So that brought me a step forward as well, that uh,
0: um, yeah. interaction yeah. with him. Absolutely. That's just a fabulous story. Oh, I love it. And um, I'm thinking that I'm also thinking, I'm not even sure that I could have become a filmmaker uh, without the interaction and time we spent together on those shows, because I had to really stretch back to when I was a child and the very early yearnings and talents I had when I say very early, like around eight to 12, that really never could flower after that, except I would love to go to a good movie or see a play or read a book. But the urgency to create in those modalities hadn't had any chance to develop. And I think, again, going out, you know, having a friend, a colleague in my life like you, where you were, you you gave permission wherever you went for people to be comfortable with their true selves, the positive parts of their true selves. So I want to ask you in light of that, who were your most significant mentors? They say that if a child has even one person who loves and mentors him or her appropriately, that, you know everything good can happen but you may have even had more than one can you share a little bit with us sure
1: um i i had uh, several influences uh, some of them were uh, more realizations than coming from a particular uh, person though um one was that i was tricultural Um, Mm -hmm. Greek American culture was something that was created like in the forties and fifties, uh, mostly, and it existed in the late fifties, early sixties, when I was born and, and growing up. Uh, and then there was the Greek culture that it partially sprang from, and they'd moved on and they were very different. And then there was American culture, which was also very different. So I was raised in, in a circumstance Uh, where there were three different ways of living reality. And usually you had to choose, you know, like some people felt comfortable remaining Greek-American, others embraced the American and kind of let the Greek go, and others did the opposite. Um, And then uh, um, later on, incidentally, I found that there was a fourth choice, which was to develop schizophrenia. And that is an option that many, like, uh, um, first-generation immigrants uh, who have you know very different cultures than the American culture have that that choice, um, but uh, what I got out of that was I saw that um, that the reality around us is is different if people agree it's different. So I saw that it's a that, that basically you needed a consensus to make a reality, and that there really wasn't a right reality because the three re- cultural realities were a little different. And after I got out of uh, parochial school and I get, was exposed to other cultures, I saw that they had their own realities uh, also. And, yeah. um, and that understanding, too, and my rebellion against uh, you know, the environment I grew up in, even though it was very much a part of me, exposed me to uh, to other uh, um Influences, and I would say if I had to like look at the biggest influence uh, uh, nonfiction would be Helena Petrovna Blavatsky. Um, she was a Russian noblewoman who became an adventuress, and uh, she started gathering obscure esoteric information uh you know in all her uh, wanderings and then she eventually started the Theosophical Society. Ah. And that was comparative religion, Uh, I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. No, please go ahead. So that was a very profound influence on me because she showed that behind, she showed me that behind the cultural trappings of spirituality and and history and so forth, there was kind of like a greater human truth.
0: Right, so she served, it sounds like she served as a major mentor, but that you, just have the type of brain where a lot of the mentoring you were able to sift out of your experiences, um, you know, which is very interesting. Um, it's complicated, too. I'm thinking I had one hero, heroine that I've always been extremely attracted to. And I think we even talked about her years ago. And that's was Isadora Duncan, the famous yes. dancer. And she took herself out of the girdle and the tight clothing and, you know, made a statement around the world, like women, uh, enough, you know, we've been, we've been tied to too many rules and regs and she was a great dancer. She also was a very deep philosopher about so many subjects. And um, I feel that if I had to pick anyone historically, she influenced me the most. Um, but I'm very thankful also to people that just supported me, you know, and helped me along the way and saw talents. Um, I had a friend when I was 16. He was 70. And we were friends mm-hmm. for five years. And I just found one a, a letter he had written me that was so on target in the way my life has unfolded, um, it just made me cry. I mean, that this guy got me, you know, understood me. And um, I didn't really, I loved him as an extra grandfather and I thought he was great, but mm-hmm. only now that I can realize the real influence he had on me, you know, I mean, his name was Del Sylvester. I want to say his name. And so, Let me see. I don't want to miss some of the really critical questions here. Um, What do you, some of them are sort of seeing, we've we've kind of covered some of them in different pieces. What are your goals for you? Go ahead. Do you have something? Cool. Plus our, our conversation will be ongoing now that
1: we, we reconnected. We'll be, we'll be uh, having interactions uh, for a very, 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 very long time. So uh, yes. if we uh, leave out oh, something today, I, we'll pick it up next time.
0: Yes, exactly. So people often want to know um, what your goals are for the next five years or so. And, you know, if you're working on anything new and that sort of thing. So I think I'll ask that question now.
1: Um, Yes, I'm now dealing with uh, the reality that I'm getting older. And uh, (laughs) many of the strongman or strongman type things (laughs) that I strove for or achieved uh, and expressed uh, um, are no longer as uh, feasible for me. So even though I work out every day and I work out with weights and I do a lot of exercise and um, you know, I get a lot of remarks about my muscles mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, I really can't uh, balance as well as I used to. And I can't lift uh, 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 as, as heavy things or and, and mm-hmm. hold them for as long as I used to. Uh, so I have to do something uh, different. And uh, so now my life is an exploration of, of those uh, things. And uh, now with the world the way it is with the um, um, coronavirus uh, a lot of the plans that I had set in motion, worked on for the past few years that would have evolved very shortly into independent little businesses, Uh, now they're out of the question. And um, after the coronavirus uh, recedes and we go back to a more normal existence, I I don't know if they'll even be feasible uh, anymore because they involve doing things in like senior centers and with uh, kids in after school programs and and things like that. So those, those are all high contagion places.
0: Um, right.
1: Right. Yeah. So I, I need to rethink all that. Uh, so uh, right now, yeah, where I think I'm. I'm sorry.
0: No, I'm just sighing and saying, "Oh well, yes," because I'm thinking of my own life with filmmaking. Will be a long time before people, uh, you know, kiss each other and do certain things, uh, you know, in, in filmmaking. Uh, it'll be a lot of trick photography or using the selfies and letting the actors and actresses do mm-hmm. their own <laughs> filming, which I hope is one of the things that will come out of the pandemic. And uh, I'll proceed on my work anyway.
1: I'm I'm moving in that direction again too and you inspired me to do that uh, recently to uh, pursue that uh, path cuz I'm very impressed with all that you've accomplished in the, uh, the years that we were out of touch and I'm you know it's it's really awesome so that's inspired me to look in that direction again I have a big plastic bin full of like all the four of the barbarian things which uh uh, there, there was all the things we did uh, with May Eisenberg and then uh, yep. all the things you know we did together, all the things we did separately. Uh, I don't have every single episode, but I have a lot of that on different formats. Uh, and then I have years worth of audio episodes that I've done now that I've done years ago. So uh, I have a lot of content. So uh, I'm thinking of learning how to do things with that content, and then uh, uh, spend a few hours a day creating uh, episodes once I have the the, yeah. the hang of it. And uh, I think that with that, uh, and then if the world becomes different again, and we can move around and travel <laughs> without the, too much concern, uh, I already laid the foundation for the other things. So I'll just pick them up where I left them off and, and move them forward. Uh, but in the interim, there's an exciting new thing to do. And also writing. Uh, I've been published in, I believe, 14 or 15 anthologies in the past wow. couple of years. That so uh, now people are bugging me. When are you going to write a book? When are you going to write a book? So I guess this is a good opportunity to uh, keep writing for anthologies and for magazines, but also to to actually sit down and start organizing the stuff into larger pictures and getting that, sharing that, you know, before I go too.
0: I think those are all great ideas. And I think with the ease of putting things uh, up in various networks, YouTube, Vimeo, there's so many examples. Uh, it, you can really play with the old material and also probably add on bits and pieces of uh, beginnings or endings or new insights or, you know, it's just endless. And um, yes. I think that, that humanity, you know, I think we need it too because – So I find that very often, once I've created something, if it doesn't take off right away, I sort of, you know, I lose the energy to really, quote unquote, sell it. I don't, you know, I don't mean necessarily for money, but to sell it out there. Right. And one of the things that the pandemic is doing is, I think, helping us look over our whole lifetime of, uh, what we do as, as professionals and and, um, and our hobbies, our advocations. And a lot of it we dismiss just because we didn't know how to move forward with it. Right. What do you, you know? And so, yeah, I think those are great ideas. We have to stop pretty soon. So I want to ask you two more things. Sure. One is um, what advice do you actually give people Just right now, today, right in the middle of the pandemic, um, do you have any wisdom you'd like to relay? Uh, Sure. that This is an excellent uh,
1: opportunity because it does give you the time to really think. Um, So instead of losing yourself in uh, entertainment... Um, take some of the time you would normally do that and look at what entertainments you're escaping into. That's often a clue as to what you want to to do with yourself. So like for me, for instance, uh, back in the early days, before I figured it out, uh, my escape was reading barbarian books or watching Hercules movies or Conan movies. And so I always would go there um, to uh, for recreation. So that was the key to who I was because we, we we like looking in mirrors indirectly. So that was one of the ways I was mm-hmm. looking in mirror. Mm-hmm. And then ask yourself, how can I do that? And get a notebook or, or some paper and just write it down, ideas. And um, I've found that at most it's taken a year and a half to figure out how to do anything and even before we did the TV shows uh, together, uh, I wanted a TV show, and I had no idea how to do how to have my own TV show. And everybody told me, "I'll, I'll never in a million years have my own TV show because I'm not an actor. I didn't go to acting school and all this." Uh, but I had a notebook, and I constructed episodes and what type of guests uh, I wanted and, mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. And uh, then, uh, I, you know, I've been on TV a couple of times where they stop you in the street and ask you questions, but that's about it. Um, and then one day I got a call from May and she asked me, she'd read something I'd written on UFOs and wanted to know if I could be a guest on the, the show. And I said, sure, I'd love that. And then when I when I went to the studio on 23rd Street, she was in a panic, you know, and uh, I asked her what was wrong. And she she said that her partner was just scarfed up by Jenny Jones <laughs> and that uh-huh, she didn't have right, her partner. Right. She, could, she couldn't do the okay. shows. And she asked me if I could if I could uh, be like a co-host of the show. So she'd ask me if I haven't done it, because then I honestly would have said, no, I'm sorry, I've never done that. But she asked me if I could do it. And I'd spent a year and a plus thinking about what I would do. So I said, yes, I can do that. And even though in the beginning, I didn't know where the lights, where to look (laughs) to answer questions, if there was more than one camera and things like that, I I got the hang of it and I got to meet you. And then when that became more of a reality where she wanted to give it up or do something different, I I remember we had a conversation that how about we take turns Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Doing the shows, and that's, and that's how we started with our own shows. And it was okay. a year and a half after deciding that I wanted a show, and there, there I went. I had the show. And I and,
0: remember uh, when you came to the beach uh, during yes, uh, 9/11, yes. and we were walking along the sand, and you were saying, you know, someday there'll be <coughs> more TV stations. There'll be a way to to go, you know, public with the type of work we're both doing. And I really, I love that, but I didn't know what you were talking about. You know, I couldn't imagine that. And now, and you will do the same if you want it. I, now I have a Roku channel, you know, yes. it took a little bit of leg work. It took, uh, someone helping me to get things started, but y- There is a way to actually move your stuff out into the universe that things come true. And May was Mm -hmm. one of your, May must have been one of your earth angels. She must have just got a message from the heavens and she did what she needed to do and you were in. um,
1: And the same thing. And we met and we connected and we wound up doing all sorts of really great stuff. And you were always uh, a door to a lot of uh, people that I enjoyed working with, like uh, the Grunberg brothers. Uh, They had big news in uh, New York. Uh, um, And I remember uh, Athena. Uh, toward the end of that, she was drawing a comic strip with all of us these mm-hmm. characters, uh, you know, do, doing yeah, things with yeah. uh, the Age of Heroes. And uh, um, then there was uh, Vince Wright, uh, the the producer at uh, NJN PBS. I kept in touch with oh, him for yes. several years, and then he, we kind of lost track a, of each yes, other.
0: He was a great guy, and we I know. And then I don't remember the name of the chef that was feeding people yes. after nine eleven. Um, You know, I mean, so many experiences. It was great. I mean, I could appreciate them now in retrospect uh, even more than when I did it. I guess that's part of life sometimes. Things get bigger. It, It is. Yep.
1: Yep. And, and, I, and I, I wanted to work with you. And I, I think we communicated several times over the years, but n- nothing really clicked at the time. So I was finally glad when we clicked because uh, right. it was so much fun <laughs> working with yeah. you that I'm really looking forward to working with you uh, yeah. again.
0: Yes. Yeah. So and we're going to do this a similar interview uh, for uh, the Roku show. We'll just wait till you're set up and we'll go back and do it and we'll be that'd be awesome time. i just want to ask you how people can find you give us the details the best way to find
1: me uh in the here and now is we as we record this is on facebook um it's under hercules Invictus, uh and there are a couple of uh, uh things there's the the regular account and then there's a a, a page Uh, The regular account is the one that I visit all the time. And uh, just uh, friend me. And if I have too many friends, uh, (laughs) I'll know you're there and I'll uh, contact you and let you know to join the page for now. Um, And uh, that's the best way. And I post there once or twice a day and everything I'm doing is listed there. So that's a great gateway into my world.
0: Okay, terrific. All right. Well, thank you very much. I look forward to the next time we talk or get together. And uh, remember, you're a visionary. It's great that you can share some of this visionary experience with others and uh, to the public. Remember that you may be a visionary. So be careful when you lie down to go to sleep tonight. I want you to think a little bit about your talents and strengths And some of the exceptional moments in your life that were positive. And you don't know when you wake up in the morning, there may not be a quarter under your bed, like if you lost a tooth during the (laughs) night when you were little, but you may wake up energized and with a hopefulness about yourself. And that is the most important thing that could happen for you tomorrow morning. So good night for now. Bye-bye.